The legend of Gino Suarez grows and grows as the Mariners prove they not only can hang, but they're ready to wreck shop with October around the corner. This is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Mariners are for real, folks. It is September 12, 2022, and Fangraphs gives your Seattle Mariners a 99.8% chance of making the postseason after taking two or three from the defending champs in dramatic fashion. I am your host, Sidney Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts are in the description of the show wherever you're watching or listening to this. We still have plenty to talk about after a massive series win for the Mariners over the defending champion Braves. We'll be diving into the numbers of Eugenio Suarez's epic week at T-Mobile Park, how deep of a run the Mariners can make into the postseason, and we'll get Colby's thoughts on what uh, the Mariners should do with Ty France and Mitch Hanniger hurting. Uh, but before I get your thoughts on anything, Colby, I'm, I'm sure you, you want to let the folks know about what happened last night while you weren't on the show. Tell your side know. of the story. <laughs> you know, just thanks for inviting me back. Um, you know, kind of thought I had a lifetime invitation since I am the co-host, but I guess not. I have to ask for your permission, apparently. Uh, so, no, yeah, I just got sandbagged by Ty. That's all. Really not that much to say. Um, Ty also forgot to mention we're still collecting videos and honestly still disappointed no, by the number. I did. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. It was after the 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 LinkedIn ad read. It was after the first. Oh, I'm ad sorry. Read. I just. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to you, just like you didn't listen to me last night. So, uh, yeah, uh, still a little disappointed by that. The audacity of some of you guys to sit here and be like, "Oh, I don't want to jinx the Mariners." You think you can jinx the Mariners? Did you watch last night's game? This team's good. They're going to the playoffs, guys. Get over it. Accept it. Move on. They're in everything it's it's a matter of time it's just it's a matter of when not if they're in the playoffs you're not going to jinx them stop thinking that you're some powerful deity who can go ahead and jinx the mariners by wishing them well send us your videos let us know what you think about the mariners making the playoffs and we'll put you in a freaking episode it's not that hard do it you're not some omnipotent being that can just curse the mariners you can't curse the mariners the mariners walked off kenley jansen last night after they gave up five in the ninth it's over. It's done. That's that's it. No, your curse is broken. And not that there's such thing as curses. Don't be a child. Send us your videos because this team's going to the playoffs. Suck it up. You don't have the power to jinx this Mariners team. They've more than earned the right to, to you know, drown the sins of the previous regime, which isn't even a thing. But yeah, send us your videos. Let us know why making the playoffs is important to you because right now I have to say it doesn't seem like it really is. I don't know. So... Thank you to those who did send the video to us. I appreciate it. Not mm. enough of you. Not enough of you. By the way, shout out to, I believe, Adam, uh, who I ran into at the team store a few weeks ago and recognized me from the show. Uh, I forgot to do that, but I'm doing it now. So thank you very much. And, you know, send us a video, Adam. Don't be a coward like the rest of these Mariner fans. Apparently making the playoffs doesn't mean that much to you. At least not so much that you're willing to risk a jinx on a 99.8% playoff shot. Ty, back to you. Please email your video submissions to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Cowards. Please keep the video to around 45 seconds to a minute. 
say who you are, how long you've been a Mariners fan, and what making the playoffs would mean to you. Because, like Colby said, the Mariners are making the postseason. It's a matter of when, not if at this point. They are 79-61. and 61. They are a half game over the Blue Jays right now, which is basically one and a half games because the Blue Jays, of course, need the tiebreaker, or the Mariners have the tiebreaker over the uh, Blue Jays. Uh, they also have a six-game lead over the first team out, the Baltimore Orioles, which is actually technically a seven-game lead because they, too, have the tiebreaker over the Orioles. So this team is going to the postseason. Uh, their magic number now is at 16. But, you know, there's two kinds of playoff teams in my mind, Colby. There's the one kind that, you know, just kind of shows up and, you know, pieces out after the first round. You know, they were pretty good. They were good enough to get one of the wild cards, but they are not good enough to compete with the elite of Major League Baseball. And there are other teams that, you know, of course, are the elite of Major League Baseball, or at least they have enough talent and enough gall to compete with anyone at any given time. And the Mariners, to me, Colby, have proven that they are one of those teams and then some. Because, you know, look, there's been some disappointments here and there. They've lost series to the A's. They've lost series to the White Sox. They've lost series to the Rangers. But also, it feels like every time they go up against some of the league's best, the Yankees, the Mets, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, the Braves... The Guardians, so many teams that they have faced, some of the best teams in baseball this year, they have faced, and they have won those series. I think that's proven to me this team can go very far in the postseason. You know, I'm a little worried about if they were to run into the Astros, but to me, the Astros are the only team that I'm scared, for lack of a better term, of. Coward. <laughs> uh, bring on the Astros. We'll sweep them in four games. Game set match. Uh, the Astros can't match anything the Mariners can do, including winning with class. Um, so you know, screw the Astros and screw the fans. And while we're at it, screw Locked On Astros. <laughs> we're coming for you. Your reign oh, wow. at the top is over. All right. But uh, no, in, in all seriousness, yeah, go ahead and clip that. Put it on the internet. Uh, but in all seriousness, shots uh, fired. Yeah, the, for real. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, the Astros are the class of the American League. There's no questioning that. Um, and everybody else, there's a gap. I mean, there, there has to be considered a gap um, between those two teams. But again, we're not talking about playing them 19 times. We're talking about playing them three to five to seven times. Like we're, we're not talking about, you know, having to beat them over the course of 162 games. Anything can happen in the playoffs. And when you're kind of rolling with the starting pitching the Mariners are rolling with right now, um, outside of a few bad outings here and there, uh, they're going to be a formidable out. Uh, you know, Gilbert's starting to throw the ball a lot better. Kirby was amazing on Saturday, uh, kind of locked down that number three spot. Not that there should have been any debate in my mind anyways, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Ray, incredible, man. He like, was I, like, let's just acknowledge that real quick. Going up against Max Fried, one of the best pitchers in, in baseball, one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball. Great pitching matchup. And George Kirby went toe to toe with one of the best lineups in baseball and basically shut them down in his mm-hmm. start. That's incredible. The, the Mariners on Saturday night were one horrific J.P. Crawford air away from pitching a three-hit shutout. 
against, you know, the Atlanta Braves who are averaging five runs a game and they're, they're huge world series favorites. That's how close they came. Uh, you know, Friday, Robbie didn't have it. It'll happen every once in a while. You know, it's kind of the first time we've seen Robbie not have really much of anything working for him. Um, so yeah, the starting pitching is very good. Uh, you know, it's going to come down to the offense. It always is. I still think the Mariners will play good defense JP this weekend, but, but I still think they're going to play really good defense. Uh, I think they're going to pitch very well. Still trust the bullpen. Yes. Sunday was, was awful, but that stuff happens. Um, you know, you just hope it doesn't happen in October, although it probably will at some point because the playoffs are crazy. Um, so yeah, it's going to come down to the offense. You know, yesterday was, was a pretty good, you know, blend. They, they, they strung some hits together. They got runs that way. They got the big, you know, the big extra base hit that wasn't a home run with runners on base. Uh, they got a guy in from third with two outs after failing to get him out, failing to get him in with zero and one outs, but they found a way to get him in all the same. Uh, and then of course you have the big bombs from, from Julio and, and Gino, and that's kind of what it's going to take. You're going to need a blend of your offense, uh, you know, getting those, I mean, <laughs> hitting a ground ball or the shortstop when it'll score you a run. Uh, and you're also going to need the home run. So, uh, yeah, the, the team is is good. I mean, there's just there's no denying it right now. They can go toe to toe with anybody. You feel good about facing anybody in a playoff yeah. series right now, except for maybe Houston. And even then, like I said, my four can go up against their four. Like I don't have any it's doubt true. about that. It's just going to come true. down to which offense swings it better and which bullpen is better. The Mariners bullpen, I think, is better than Houston's. Houston's offense is definitely better than the Mariners. So we'll see what it comes down to. And, and obviously there's a long way to go before you get there. And it's just because you feel good about facing any team, you know, in the AL doesn't mean that they're not also good and they can't mm-hmm. easily, you know, beat you if you don't play well, but yeah. you just go in like, there's no matchup that you walk into and you're like, who that's, that's going to be tough. Like that's, I, I don't see any way they can win it. So yeah, um, you get into the playoffs and you have pitching, you go in the world series, ask the Atlanta yeah. Braves last year. Exactly. You know, and I look at the field, right? I look at the Rays. I think the Mariners are better than the Rays. I look at the Blue Jays. I think the Mariners are definitively better than the Blue Jays. I look at the Yankees, even, you know, and they're really struggling right now. That team is in hell right now for the last two months, really. I think the Mariners are better than the Yankees. They've proven that going up against the Yankees, that they're better than the Yankees, that they are well-equipped to to win ballgames. They're more well-equipped to win ballgames than the Yankees are right now. Um you know, the Yankees have all the talent on the, in the world. The Blue Jays have all the talent in the world. But the Mariners do as well, and they have the fundamentals too. They're just such a fundamentally sound ball club, except for the other day against the White Sox. But, you know, outside of that, like, they've been – I mean, they do everything right. And they are built for moments like what we saw last night. When was the last time we've seen a Mariners team consistently go into – you know, sold out crowds at T-Mobile Park and actually not leave the sold out crowd just utterly disappointed <laughs> and deflated, right? Like, I just feel like there have been so many series, so many big series that the team has advertised over the years where they sell out the ballpark and then disappointment. They lose mm-hmm. two of three. They get swept, what have you. That hasn't really been the case this year. There's been losses. There's been, like, you know, the Etro induction night. That was disappointing. But for the most part, they have won these series. They have come up huge in these big moments when the pressure is high. And think about last night. I said this on last night's show that you know both of these teams are playing for a lot right now. The high-end aspirations of both teams with the Braves going for the NL East and the Mariners going for the wild card one and trying to extend their lead on the Orioles. You know, 
and they came through. Like both of those team are, uh, teams are playing at the highest level in that moment. And the Mariners came out on top. When was the last time we could say that? Um, you know, a couple weeks ago against Cleveland. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. yeah, they, they're just consistently doing it, man. They won a series against the Yankees at home. They won a series against Toronto at home. Mm-hmm. They swept Toronto at home. You know, they won a series here against uh, Atlanta at home. Um, they're just doing it. And, and this, there's this narrative like, oh, the Mariners get 40,000 in, in, in T-Mobile and they choke. And it's like, that that hasn't been true. I mean, aside from the Angel series a little while ago, uh, before they kind of got on their run here, mm-hmm. they've been really good at home, you know, yeah. and particularly against, you know, against the, in the big crowd. So they've also been very good against teams that are above 500. This is a good baseball team and uh, they're a dangerous one. I guarantee you nobody wants to see the Mariners in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh and that includes the Houston Astros, who kind of suck. <laughs> and no team, <laughs> and no team is having more fun right now than the Seattle Mariners. I mean, did you see that team yesterday? My God, uh, those mm-hmm. dudes are just having. Like, I, I wish that I could be in that clubhouse. That looks like a hell of a lot of fun over there. All right, so uh, let's talk about the guy that's uh, leading the good vibes in that clubhouse right now, Eugenio Suarez, who's been having a decent homestand i would say pretty decent homestand thus far for eugenio suarez we're going to be diving into the numbers talking about gino in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by linkedin jobs as you gear up for fall you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders linkedin jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free create a free job post in minutes on linkedin jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Good vibes only, folks. Good vibes only. Gino Suarez has been a monster this week. And since August 1st, he leads Major League Baseball in home runs with 14. Five of those have come over his last six games. He has hits in four of the Mariners' last six games, all coming at home. He went two for five, uh, or yeah, he went two for five yesterday uh, with a pair of home runs, including the game winner. Uh, He had a home run the day before that. He had another multi-home run game in the uh, afternoon loss to the White Sox. He's slashing 350, 435, 1100 with a 324 WRC plus on this homestand. Colby, chills. DePoto did it again. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. The, the Winker trade, um, <laughs> which is what we were all pretty much calling it at the time. 
uh, Geno's basically pitched in enough for both of them to carry that trade uh, over the finish line. And, you know, the beauty of Geno is that you get him for another two years at, uh, I think, $11 million per year. Uh, there's some there's some bad in Geno's game. He's wildly inconsistent. He strikes out a ton. Uh, but defensively, he's been great. You know, when he gets on a roll, when he gets on a heater, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, you know, remember last September, he put up like a like a 380 uh, WRC plus. So it's not like he hasn't done this type of thing before. Uh, and it'd be really nice if he can, because you kind of look at where the offense is right now. Uh, Mitch Hanniger's, you know, just trying to dig himself out of a hole. And, and Ty France is is essentially non-existent in the lineup. He's, he's a nothing right now. Um, and right now it's kind of Julio and, and, and Gino kind of, you know, carrying the, carrying the load here. Uh, and that, that's big because, you know, those are two guys that can do that. Uh, you know, when those two guys get hot, they are the type that can put up like MVP level numbers for a month at a time. Uh, both are doing it right now, but Gino is just kind of the, I mean, 13 home runs since August 1st, like, <laughs> Like he's 14, on pace to like 14 now. 14, 14, that's right. Yes. Um, he's on pace to like that's a 162 game pace of like 80. So, so dude, he's out, home, he's out homering Aaron Judge since August yeah. 1st. And Aaron Judge has hit like 55, 56 home yeah. runs this year. Like, uh, that's it, insane. Gino's been incredible. And, and, you know, the, you know, probably the biggest surprise of all of it is, is the, the glove. Uh, has been uh, mm. plus, you know, and we knew that he was better than his numbers said because last year he was playing shortstop and he's, he's not a shortstop. Uh, but, you know, we, we kind of assume like, yeah, you know, maybe fringe average, probably Kyle Seeger-ish at third base. He's been better than Gino Suarez this year is better than Kyle Seeger ever was defensively. And that's saying something because Kyle Seeger could pick it. Kyle Seeger was a good third baseman. Gino is having a better year defensively this year than Kyle Seeger ever did. He's making more plays. He can make more plays. He's got a stronger arm. He's just better. And, you know, all the people are like, oh, how are they going to replace Kyle Seeger? Oh, that's going to be so difficult. Nope. They did it easily. I mean, it's it's not close. Gino is significantly better. It's been a huge upgrade. So when you look at like, why is the 2022 team better than the 2021 team? Well, obviously Luis Castillo and Robbie Ray. I mean, those are two <laughs> yeah. of the biggest. But they also they also <laughs> yeah they also Julio <laughs> they also improved significantly at third base. Uh, yeah. I think you know Kyle finished last year at two and a half WAR. Gino's already at four. He's got 20 games to go. So yeah. you know it's it's he's been a huge part of this this t- this team. He's been available every day. Uh, I think he's gotten three full days off all year. Um, He's just been incredible and he's been reliable. Uh, you know, you never know what kind of version you're going to get of Gino, but when, when he's on, you know, jump on his back, he'll carry you to the promised land. So it's just kind of a, you know, a good timing thing right now. Uh, and hopefully he can carry it, you know, through the rest of the month and into October until hopefully Mitch Haniger and Ty France d- decide to join the party. So Gino right now on the year, 235, 336, 468, 135 WRC plus 4.2 fan graphs, war, 30 home runs, 82 ribbies. Uh, still striking out, you know, 38, uh, 30.8% of the time. That is, uh, that's actually a career high for him now. Uh, but he's all, also walking 12% of the time. And that 4.2 F4 makes him the second most valuable position player that changed hands this past offseason, uh, trailing only Freddie Freeman, first baseman of the Dodgers, who's at a whopping 6.5 F4 MVP candidate, Freddie Freeman. So if not for an MVP candidate, Eugenio Suarez would be the uh, 
most valuable position player that switched teams this past offseason. Once mm-hmm. again, chills. DePoto <laughs> did it again. And hey. need I remind you who made him my one of my flag players? Yeah, yeah. In the preseason. Yes, I remember you were you were quite high on Gino, and you're like, you know, I think this is might be more than a throw-in. So, uh, yes, one good call. You know, could have made another good call last night and called me, but you didn't. So, yeah, whatever. Um, but you're gonna pat yourself on the back. How about uh, I do something similar here? I just the other night, you know, we we briefly touched on George Kirby, and it's kind of a shame when somebody pitches really well on the weekend because we usually tend not to get to those on our Monday yeah. shows. We just have so much to talk about. But I did want to throw this stat out there because um, I did some research. Uh, so here's the stat. George Kirby is one of seven pitchers in Major League Baseball who has pitched 100 or more innings, posted a K per nine of nine or higher, and also has uh, a base on ball per nine of less than two. There are only six guys who have done that. This is as of Saturday night. So, mm. you know, well, I don't know. Maybe somebody added to the list. There were a couple guys who just missed. But here are the other six. Aaron Nola, Kevin Gossman, <laughs> Justin Verlander, <laughs> Max Scherzer, mm. Shane Bieber, Shane McClanahan. Yeah. George Kirby's good. Like I said, uh, I think a week ago on the show, maybe it was on our Patreon show, patreon.com forward slash control zone, subscribe. Um I'm starting to talk myself into uh, potentially uh, picking George Kirby as my 2023 Cy Young winner when we do our preseason. This is, you know, looking far into the future. But I think once our preseason prediction show rolls around, I might end up picking George Kirby. And, you know, I love those high upside picks, too. Right. Pick Shane McClanahan this year. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I really like where Kirby's going. And I mean, you look at what he's done. And the teams that he's gone up against and teams that he's just flat out shut down. And I mean, Saturday night was his best start. It was by far his best start of his career. Considering the moment, considering the situation, considering the opponent, he was brilliant. Like the Mariners have a star in the making there in George Kirby. Uh, and Kirby, as, as you said a few episodes ago, I believe, um, he needs rookie of the year votes maybe not first place votes but he needs to be up there with the Stephen Kwans of the world Bobby Witt Jr.'s Jeremy Pena's all that Kirby needs to be in that same conversation I think it's still Julio one and and you know Adley uh, a close second uh, but Kirby needs to be in that second tier uh, for the rookie of the year voting uh, truly because he's just do you, do you think about the situations that the Mariners have put him in and the Mariners are going to put him in even tougher situations as we get into October? He's risen to the occasion every single time. It makes me so confident about his chances in the postseason as well. Because it's just, it's the command, right? That's mm-hmm. the elite command, the elite fastball command. As long as he has that, he's going to give you a chance. He's going to give you a chance every night. And once the secondaries get better, who, who, buddy. <laughs> George Kirby is going to be a force to be reckoned with. That's a crazy Corey, thing too, right? Corey like he's is. going to get better. It's like the, yeah. it's like the Julio thing, right? Like it's like Julio is going to get better. That's the crazy thing. George Kirby is going to get better. <laughs> like that's, and they're already doing this. Mm-hmm. Logan Gilbert's going to get better. So it's just one of those things where 
uh, the Mariners are still an ascending team. And that's, that's what's different about this than, you know, even the, the 2000 early, early 2000 teams. Um, that was a team that was trying to extend its window, right? They, mm-hmm. they peaked at, in 2001. They were really good still in 20 and 2002 and 2003, but they were clearly sliding to the decline. You could see that their window was slant was, you know, slamming shut and it was a relatively short window 2000 through 2003 four years decent sized window not a huge window made the playoffs a couple times got to a couple alcs's uh it, it was a it was a great year uh, a great era um in mariners baseball this particular era you're just starting the ascent and it's not a three or four year window we're talking the window essentially being open for as long as julio's in his prime and oh by the way you have him under contract for the next 13 years minimum. So, um, yeah, the, this is kind of an unprecedented era in in Mariners history. We've never really had this before in the nineties when you were building up to 95, 97, but even then, you know, 96 wasn't a great year. 98 wasn't a good year. 99 was a terrible year. You know, there just wasn't, there wasn't this like blueprint for just consistent championship window. Uh, and here you see it and you, and you see the farm system, you see the young major league talent, you see the controllable talent and you understand that they haven't even gotten like, we don't even know who like Jared Kelnick hasn't worked and he was supposed to be like the centerpiece of this thing. Taylor Trammell, eh, you know, he's been fine this year. I wish they play him a little more, but eh, he's been fine, but that was a big centerpiece. He was the centerpiece of the, of the, you know, the big trade, even though I think we all know the Mariners really thought Ty France was that centerpiece, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's so crazy how fast the Mariners have gotten where they are without everything going a hundred percent perfectly right. Because the Mariners hit and miss rate so far about as good as anybody else's. It's mm-hmm. not like they're, you know, they're the Dodgers and everybody they pick up is amazing. Somehow it's not right now. They whipped up, they whipped on Kelnick. They whiffed on Evan white. Unfortunately, they whiffed on Kyle Lewis, probably through no fault of their own. You know, they, I think you can say right now they whiffed on Justice Sheffield and Taylor Trammell. And, and you know, they, they all the, a lot of these guys that they thought were going to be huge pieces of their rebuild. No. And yet here they are. Arguably, mm-hmm. you know, one of the five to 10 best teams in Major League Baseball right now, about a year ahead of schedule. And with, with really just three of their young, you know, developed guys turning into what we thought they could turn into. It's impressive. It's incredibly impressive. And by the way, since you sent shots at Locked On Astros, I'm sending some shots to the Athletic. Uh, what the hell are we doing putting the Mariners below the Rays and the Blue Jays on your power rankings? What's going on here? What are we doing here? What East what Coast are... bias. Very glad I canceled my subscription to the Athletic. Just saying. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> all right. Let me uh, let me get your thoughts on uh, on what the Mariners uh, should do. Uh, with Mitch Haniger and uh, Ty France here because you know the schedule is going to get a lot easier now after the San Diego series, which isn't really anything. Two games isn't going to swing things that that much, I don't think. Um, so after that, you know, you face the Angels, you face the A's, you face the Tigers, you face the Royals, you face all these you know bad teams. Uh, so is it time to maybe consider putting both? Mitch Haniger, who suffered lower back tightness in yesterday's game, and we don't really know what the severity of that is. Uh, but if that's something that's going to linger for a few days, would it be wise to put him on the IL? And also with Ty France, uh, with his wrist still kind of lingering, should he also be put on the IL? Because you're going to need these guys in October. 
right? It can't just be the Julio and Gino show 24-7. You're going to need some other guys to step up, and Mitch Hanniger and, and Ty France are, are the first guys that I would be pointing to for that. Um, mm-hmm. But does the reward outweigh the risk here? Because, you know, you will be going for the rest of the season trying to secure a playoff spot without two of your best players. If you do that, uh, it's a no brainer. Put them on the IL. You've already secured your playoff spot. You're going to the playoffs. Um, you say, well, what about seeding? And I agree with you. What has Ty France and Mitch Hanniger done over the last two weeks to contribute in any way to the Mariners' recent run of success? Mitch Hanniger hit a walk off single. Great. Four for his last 60. Cool. Ty France had a pretty good week, one week. And now this week, he's, or this last week, he was god awful, the worst hitter on your team. You managed, you survived, you took a series from the best team in baseball, one of the best teams in baseball, without any contribution from Ty France. Who cares? Who cares? And all, what you're really going to do is you're going to give Taylor Trammell plenty of at bats. You're going to give Jake Lamb more at bats. These guys need reps. They have to have reps if, you're gonna, if they're going to help you in the playoffs. They have not used Taylor Trammell at all since they called him up at all. And Trammell has earned those reps. He's earned them over Jesse Winker, certainly. Well, now you have an excuse. Put Hanniger on the IL. You still get him for the last 10 games of the year. So it's not like he's going to miss the rest of the year. Same goes for Ty France. It's only a 10-day IL stint. Um, and since you know they're not really all that hurt, you should be able to pa- call him up right after the 10-day IL. Ty France isn't a significantly better hitter than, than Carlos Santana right now. It sucks, but it's true. Look at the numbers over the last two weeks. It's last month, the last six weeks. Like, Ty France isn't significantly better outside of one week than Carlos Santana. That's an issue. Fix it. Put Ty France on the IL. Don't let him swing the bat for 10 days. Mitch Hanniger's been awful. Flat out awful for the last month. At least Taylor Trammell gives you defense. Gives you some base running skill. He's got some left-handed power. So play Trammell. And you know what? While you're at it, you put those two on the IL. You get to call up a couple different guys. Call up Kyle Lewis. Give him some of the DH at-bats that are now vacated by Carlos Santana playing every day at first base. Maybe Lewis has figured something out. Maybe Luis Torrens has figured something out. If Luis Torrens is hitting, could hit like he did in 2021, that's a huge piece to have on your bench in the playoffs. Give these other guys opportunity. I mean, I guess you could give Kelnick an opportunity if you want to, but I'd probably just roll with Trammell and, uh, and Lewis mm-hmm. um, and, and Lamb, you know, working through in that outfield spot. Um, so yeah, to me, it's a no brainer. You put both of those guys on the IL, you get them as healthy as you possibly can before the playoffs. Uh, you don't worry about it because they're not contributing right now. Anyways, they're not, they're not necessarily hurting you, but they're not helping you. And just continuing to run them out there where service finally admitted, Oh yeah, his wrist is actually bothering him a little bit. No kidding, Scott. No kidding. Put him on the IL. Give him a chance to rest. And you, then you still have him for the last, you know, seven, eight, nine games to kind of ramp himself back up before the playoffs start. Same goes for Hanniger. And while you're at it, see if maybe it makes more sense to carry Kyle Lewis on your bench than, you know, in, in the wild card than it does Abraham Toro or, or whoever. You know what I mean? So there's still things they have to figure out. And this is an opportunity to figure those things out. Is Taylor Trammell going to be on the playoff roster? Is Jake Lamb going to be on the playoff roster? Well, let's give him 10 straight days of, you know, basically, let's give him 50 at bats here before the end of the year let's see let's see if one of them forces their way onto our playoff roster let's see maybe we maybe we do add jonathan vr to try and get some you know versatility to our 40 man 
uh, for the playoffs. So we'll see what they do. But to me, the answer is easy. You put them both on the IL. You start to play some of the bench guys who aren't getting a ton of a ton of reps right now. Mostly Taylor Trammell and Jake Lamb, and you see what happens. Yeah, and like I said, you know, we don't know exactly if if Hanniger's thing is going to require an IL stint, but with France. I don't think you're helping him at all by continuing to put him out there uh, because you're exposing him to even more things that could set him back even further. I said this on, on yesterday's show that, you know, shock absorption from a swing, uh, just a awkward swing, uh, another collision at first base, anything can happen that can, you know, set his wrist back even further or, you know, force him to miss the rest of the year, right. Suffer an even worse injury that, that forces him out for the year. So, uh, you can't you can't mess around with that. Uh, not at this point in the season, and with the schedule starting to lighten up, I think you can survive without Ty France for at least ten days. And if he needs a little bit more than that, you you have that time to to give him right now. Uh, but you're starting to run out of time. You know, the postseason is going to be starting in, in less than a month now. Uh, in less than a month, you're 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 going to know if you're in the ALDS or not at that point. So, you know, it, it's it's becoming time now for you to start making these decisions and um you know you're running out of time specifically on, on you know giving france the the necessary time away uh that he needs to to heal up uh, as for like who gets called up if if it's only one person i think it probably ends up being someone relatively inconsequential to the roster i said this yesterday i think it ends up being like someone like mason mccoy uh, just to give you like some infield versatility, someone that maybe gives you a, a tool, a useful tool in late in games, some, you know, some base, uh, you know, some value on the base pass, some value defensively, what have you. Jonathan VR could be that guy. Mason McCoy could be that guy. If it's two spots that do open, though, and Hanniger also goes on the IL, I, I do think Kyle Lewis should be an option, even though that he the, the same major issues is still present there can't play in the field consistently so that limits right. what you what you can do with them um, but if he can hit now yeah and you have a, a legitimate right-handed bat to use against you know a tough lefty off the bench mm-hmm. it's yeah. helpful although you know with Haggerty and Santana they're pretty good against lefties too so maybe it's not a fit but give it a shot I would and the other the other interesting one the one that I'm really interested in is Luis Torrens um, they've mm-hmm. also been playing him at second base a little bit in yeah. Tacoma, which is yeah, interesting. Um, but he's hitting a little bit down there. So, you know, uh, if he's figured it out, like you said, if you can get 2021 Luis Torrens or something close to that and add him at the end of the season, that's a guy I want on my playoff roster. If I need a big hit in the postseason, I need someone to come off the bench, get a big hit. Luis Torrens might be my guy. Mm-hmm. I know we got to run, so I'll make this quick. Yeah. But if Luis Trent comes up and, you know, let's say he gets 50 plate appearances, right? And he goes 250, 320, 500, which I think is about what he did last year, right? Mm. You carrying him over Casale? Probably. If he can catch it right? at least a little defense bit. Defense like doesn't really matter. Then whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because Cal Raleigh's starting all those games. Yeah. In a three game series, Cal Raleigh's getting three starts. So how much do you really need a defensive defense only backup catcher? Mm-hmm. You know, I'd carry Torrens. So yeah, I I think I 
I, I would be interested. And by the way, because again, because France, if you put him on the IL, Terence can DH because you have Casali, so you don't need to catch him at all. Or he could play first base and Santana can DH. So I really like mm-hmm. the Luis Terence uh, idea. I don't know how he's doing in AAA, but give it a shot. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patno, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow